Hi, my name is Richard Wilson, and welcome to The Forge, the official podcast of Blacksmith Ministries. Podcasts have played a crucial role in the development of my spiritual life, and I pray these messages will do the same for you. My sincere desire is that these messages will awaken a passion for Jesus inside of you. Today's podcast is called Destroying Sin Cycles. And if you have ever fought something for so long and lost every single time and thought there was no way you would ever be free, this podcast is for you. I recently started taking jiu-jitsu in November of 2018, so we're about eight months in. And I love it. I love everything about it, but it is hard. It is unbelievably hard. And when you first start... You start rolling with more experienced people, their upper belts, they've been doing it one, two, three, five, ten years, and when you begin to roll, it is death, instant death. So you walk into a class, you have the instructor who we call coach, and you have all these upper belts, and actually have a lot of close friends, very close friends of mine that I trust and respect with my life. And they are blue belts, close to being purple belts. Um, one's even a brown belt and a black belt. The, the instructor's a black belt, and they'll just kill you. Uh, we're there to encourage and help each other learn, but when a class starts, the coach will begin to instruct a certain maneuver, a certain drill, and we'll go over it and over it and over it for about 20, 30 minutes. That's called drilling the maneuver. And then after you drill the maneuver, they have what's called uh, rolling, where you're for three to four to five or ten minutes, you're going one-on-one with another person, another student. And when you're the first person, when you're first starting out and you start rolling with these upper belts, they'll crush you in rolling. Uh, There's no mercy (laughs) in it. And it teaches you a lot of humility. It teaches you a lot about pride. It shows you how easily we can panic. But One thing that I learned about it is I have zero chance, I mean zero chance, of winning. When I first started, and I'm rolling with these upper belts, uh, we're rolling three to four minutes, which doesn't sound long, but when you're getting the life choked out of you, or you're getting your arm in an arm bar, or some type of ankle lock, or some other type of choke, three minutes feels like an eternity, and there's just zero, and I mean zero chance of victory. Well, I tell the story about jiu-jitsu because that was my life with the sin of lust. I had zero chance of victory for 21 years. My win-loss record with the sin of lust was probably zero wins and 3,000 losses. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus, <laughs> he set me free. And if he can set me free, he can set you free. This is my story. I was born and raised in a Christian home. I got saved from the age of five, and I love Jesus. I love him. Even at an early age, I had an encounter with him that just, I don't know, God is just real. Like, I knew him. Even from an early age, I just loved God. And I would joke often, my parents, who are the best parents that God has graced humanity with, we had a drug problem that any time the church doors are open, they drug me to church. And that is the truth. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, any type of activity were there, and I praise God, and I thank God for that. I thank God for their their lifestyle, how they pursued God, how they loved God, how they loved one another, how they loved me. But something happened 
at the age of 15 that I didn't grow out of. There was a sin of lust that I fell into that I couldn't get out of. And it was more than a trap. It was more like a noose and a chain around my neck. And I began to have these images and these fantasies about being intimate with other women. And I'll keep this language PG-13 because there's no need to be graphic, but you can understand the severity of what happened. And I would have these images and these fantasies and I would self-gratify. And that's not something you grow out of. And to believe that a young man, when he hits puberty, that's just something he's discovering his body, and it's just hormones that are raging, and he'll grow out of it. It's not true. The sin of lust is not something you grow out of. It's something that you fall into deeper and deeper, and there's only one way out, and his name is Jesus. At the age of 15, I fell into the sin. And I hated it, and I despised it, and I felt ashamed and dirty every time I did it. And I promised God that I would never do it again, and a week later, I did it again. And I, I didn't know what to do. I was too ashamed to ask my parents for help because they were so holy and godly. And I, f I felt embarrassed, and I felt alone and ashamed. And I, I never really looked at porn as a teenager. I never did. I didn't have to. I had all these images in my mind, and to me it's the same thing or worse. And life went on in high school and now into college. I still, the sin of lust had me bound. It was so bad. And you go into college and I join a fraternity and you add the fraternity drinking, partying lifestyle, and that just got worse. It was like adding fuel to a volcano, something a volcano doesn't need. And these images would happen, and now I'm being sexually active with other ladies. And on top of this, it was just horrible. But I still loved God. And every time I did it, I was ashamed, and I felt so convicted, and I would still go to church on Sunday mornings. I would go on a fraternity party Saturday night and get drunk out of my mind and roll into church Sunday morning hungover. And I loved God. I just couldn't get free. This thing had me, and whenever it wanted me, it would just pull my neck, and I had to respond. I could not get free, and I hated it. And now as I was growing older and graduated college and serving in the local church as a youth pastor, even as a deacon and then to an elder, I would go to my pastor and say, like, I am struggling with this. I cannot get free. I started responding to altar call after altar call. I had accountability partners. I read Joyce Meyer's book. Uh, the Battlefield for the Mind. I even read a book about every man's battle. And let me tell you, this is the truth. It is every man's battle. Every man encounters having a lustful thought about a woman, and you have a choice what to do with it. And for it had me. It gripped me. And I could not get free as much as I wanted freedom. And I couldn't understand why God hadn't delivered me. I, I rem It was so bad, I remember going to church on Sunday morning saying, God, is this the day that you deliver me? It was so tormenting. And you fast forward now to the year 2009, and now I'm 36 years old, and I've carried this thing for 21 years. This sin cycle of lust, of 
having an image in my mind and self-gratifying and saying, I'll never do it again. And I'm married with kids and serving in the church. And I've never stepped out on my wife, not even once, not even uh, not even a thought to. But these images, man, these fantasies were just out of control. And altar call after altar call, nothing happened. And I had a very close friend, Eric and Andre McBride. God bless them. I love them. I honor them and cherish them. They introduced me to the ramp. We were living in Richmond, Virginia at the time. or we serving in the local church. And they said, have you ever heard of the ramp in Hamilton, Alabama? And I said, no. And they said, would you like to listen to a podcast? And I said, certainly. I, I was desperate for freedom. Desperate for freedom. And I remember the first time I listened to a podcast from the ramp by Damon Thompson. It was called... John's baptism, and I heard it, and the Holy Spirit like descended in that car ride when I was driving to work, and I was so convicted by my sin that I, I knew that I had, but there was another conviction of righteousness that was attached to it that this podcast revealed the true meaning of repentance, and I was born and raised in the church. I knew what repentance meant, or at least I thought I did. I thought repentance meant to turn away from your sin and go in the other way, but that's the fruit of repentance. That's not the actual meaning of repentance. And repentance from the Greek word metanoia means to change the way you think, and that's the the true essence and meaning and definition of repentance. And when I heard that, like something went off in my mind. I was like, what? I mean, I've been in church all of these years, and I didn't know what repentance was. And that was the message that John the Baptist preached. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is hand. And then Jesus even came on the scene and had the same message. Repent. Change the way you think. For heaven is not far off, but heaven is here. Heaven is not a place you go to when you die. Heaven is here and heaven is in me. Oh my gosh. And this revelation just hit me. And it gripped me. I mean, I was gripped by the sin of lust, but I was also gripped by this revelation of repentance. And the message continued in this podcast about having other lovers in our heart, and that's where the conviction of sin and the conviction of righteousness came in. That had another lover in my heart, and I knew it wasn't another person. It was actually a sports team. And as silly as that sounds, it is the truth, man. I was passionate about the Dallas Cowboys. The same age that I got saved, the same age I started watching the NFL and living in Richmond, Virginia, college football is not huge. So we watched NFL every Sunday, every Monday night. And I was a huge fan about the Cowboys, passionate. They had my heart. Even as I grew up and I would go to Cowboys games and got my picture taken with Jerry Jones and got autographed jerseys and autographed footballs. And we moved into a new house. And my fourth bedroom of the house was the Cowboy Room. And it was painted Cowboys colors. And every time the Cowboys played we're watching the widescreen tv in the cowboy room of course and um every time the cowboys have the ball in offense i'm playing and i'm wearing a jersey of an offensive player tony Romo, my favorite player and then they would have a turnover or punt or throw an interception or something no offense tony i love you we'd go on defense i would change jerseys to the jersey of a defensive player roy williams i remember when roy williams got drafted they said three quarters of the earth is covered by water. The other quarter of the earth is covered by Roy Williams. I mean, number 31, I loved him from Oklahoma. Come on. 
Jalen, I hope you do well in Oklahoma, sidebar. I hope you do very well. Roll Tide. We still love you from Alabama. But that's how passionate I was about the Dallas Cowboys. And in this podcast of Having Other Lovers, I realized that the lover in my other heart for a sports team was preventing me from seeing Jesus clearly and seeing who he really was. And my life got mesmerized by the anointing on this message and the anointing that was on Damon Thompson and the, the anointing that was on the ramp. The spirit of wisdom and revelation rested on the ramp. And for the summer of 2009, starting in June and in July and August, all I did was listen to podcasts. I consumed them. Multiple podcasts every day. The revelation that was being released from these speakers, from Damon Thompson and Miss Karen Wheaton and from Casey Doss and from Micah Wood and Brian Beasley, man, the revelation they were releasing was turning a revolution in my heart. And I couldn't get enough. And what I didn't realize is this revelation that was happening in my mind was turning a revolution in my heart and I was being transformed. And I didn't even know it. And then the day came. August 30th, 2009. And in response to that initial podcast of having other lovers in my heart and getting baptized again. I got baptized again. August 30th, 2009. And a 21-year-old sin cycle of lust that had me bound, snapped, destroyed in a moment. I have never tasted freedom like that in my life. I was completely set free from getting baptized again in response to faith. I knew that Jesus wanted to set me free and this is how he wanted to set me free. I responded in faith. I responded in obedience. And I want to tell you that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And here we are almost 10 years later. We're in the month of July now. So next month, August 30th, 2019, will be nine, will be 10 years. I'll celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the day that Jesus set me free. And not one time, not one time. Have I fell into the sin of lust? Because he transformed my heart. The heart desire to do that is not there. I don't want to be with anybody else. I want to be with him. He has my heart. My wife has my heart. They have my eyes. They have my passion. And when I found I had another lover in my heart, and now that the other lover is removed, I can see him clearly for who he is. Oh, my gosh, friends, do you know him? Do you know him in that way where he has your heart? And I know that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what he'll do for one, he'll do for another. And I want to tell you, too, that if you're listening to this podcast and you've been bound by some type of sin, whether it's lust, addiction to pornography, whether it's addiction to alcohol or drugs or money or whatever it is, same-sex attraction, it doesn't matter. Jesus, the same Jesus, the Jesus that is alive today, the Jesus that set me free 10 years ago can set you free today. And I pray that this podcast will release a revelation that produces a revolution in your heart. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Podcasts 
listened to podcasts. They supplemented my spiritual walk, my life. You've got to be get plugged in into a local church, and you've got to serve. That is your meat and your potatoes. But podcasts became supplements. Guys, have you ever been to the gym and wanted to get bigger and stronger? What do you take? You take creatine. You take a supplement. That's what podcasts were doing, man. They were building my inner man. They were strengthening my inner man like Ephesians 3. And I want to tell you that deliverance came to me through a revelation. So deliverance can come to you through a revelation, whatever that is. I want to tell you another testimony. Was the first time that I went to the ramp in 2009 for winter ramp. They had it in Hamilton, December 2009. It was three months after I'd been delivered. I asked the Lord, I was like, I need to give them some type of offering. I want to honor them for the way that you've used them in my life. And when I asked him the amount he wanted to give, he said $1,000. And I said, wow, that's a lot of money, but it, I, they're worth it. You're worth it. So I didn't have 1000 extra dollars in my checking account, and I took $1,000 out of my savings account, and I went down there. But on the way, I decided, you know what? That's a lot of money to give. Lord, I tell you what, I'll give $500 to the ramp and I'll give $500 to a family that had just moved down there to help them out. I kind of compromised and the Lord didn't say anything. And I remember going to the first service at Winter Ramp in Hamilton, Alabama, 2009. And Damon Thompson, the same speaker who spoke on James uh, John's baptism, said, I believe the Lord has already spoken to 50 people here about giving a certain amount of money that will help us eliminate a debt. And that amount is $1,000. And my heart sunk because I knew that he had spoken to my heart. And so I vowed right there. I said, okay, Lord, I know you spoke to me, and I'm convicted because I didn't obey right away, but I'm going to obey now. I'm going to give that $500, and as soon as I get back to Richmond, Virginia, I'm going to take another $500 out of my savings account and send it to him because I know you want me to do this. I did. I obeyed the voice of the Lord. Six weeks after I gave that second amount, that $1,000, remember driving to work, going to the Hanover County Sheriff's Office at 7.30 in the morning, listening to a podcast, and my wife calls me. And she was so excited she couldn't get the words out. Have you ever been so excited? You're trying to tell somebody and you can't get the words out? She's like, Richard, have you, have you, have you, I was like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? She's like, yeah. We just got a check for $11,000 out of nowhere. Her grandfather that had passed away 7000 uh in 2003, seven years earlier, uh, my wife was the executor of his, his estate, and one of his relatives passed away and sent him money. Seven years later, she was the executor of her estate, so it fell to her. Unbelievable, but I knew it was the obedience to that word. So, friends, let me tell you, if you were bound in sin, the testimony of Jesus, number one, is the spirit of prophecy. He can set you free. Number two, revelation will produce a revolution in your heart that will set you free. And whatever, number three, the deliverance comes, whether it's getting baptized again, whatever the revelation is that starts the revolution in your heart, you've got to obey. Just like these two testimonies of what Jesus has done. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. He is no respecter of persons. Jesus is alive. 
Even Ephesians 2, 1, where it says, And you he made alive who were dead in his trespasses and sins. Believe me, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was dead. I was bound for 21 years, and he made me alive. And the same Jesus that made me alive can make you alive. He can break any sin. He can break any cycle. He can destroy it. And that is my prayer today. Father, I pray for those listening to this podcast who are bound to some type of sin, whether it's lust, pornography, alcohol, drugs, any type of addiction, that you are the same yesterday, today, forever. You do not change. You still desire for us to be in unbelievable freedom. You desire to destroy the bondages. For this reason, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. I declare this over every person listening to this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. If this podcast has encouraged you and touched you in some way, I would encourage you to subscribe or to check out the website of www.blacksmithministries.org. God bless.